In Your Element is a show dedicated to helping you find your element. Every episode will be showcasing an idea, a story, or an interesting person who's living in their element with the help or the hopes of helping you find your own. Being in your element can mean many things. To some, it is a state of peak flow where you perform at your best, are happy and content with life, and are even doing interesting things which are worthwhile discussing and really breaking the mold. The idea is to uncover stories of people who are living in their element and share wisdom on what it takes for others to also find their own. So, on our first episode, today's guest is Stuart Harrison. Stuart is the head of physics at Gibraltar's Bayside Secondary School, but more recently has been making noise for some interesting work that he's been doing in the cyberspace. The team lead for the Cyber Centurion program in Gibraltar for over six years now, Stuart coaches and helps train kids to compete in a national Cyber Centurion competition. Every year, he sees great success in his efforts, bringing local teams to the finals on the first year, winning the second, and taking home the best all-girls team and under-14 teams ever since. And I know this because I was lucky enough to be part of that winning team in the second year just a few years ago. More recently, made a member of the New Technologies in Education Key Advisory Group in Gibraltar, Stuart is an, an advocate for empowering the youth and underserved with new learning opportunities and a chance to take on new career paths. Stuart has been leading the charge in Gibraltar to foster digital skills and bright futures. He's not just a mentor of mine, but also a great friend too, and did a lot more than just teach me Ohm's Law in secondary school. But he also helped propel my career to places I couldn't have imagined. So, Stuart, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you as my first um, podcast guest. Um, and really, when I think about people who are breaking the mold and doing interesting things, you were one of the first people that, that came to mind. Um, and I think that, you know, your story is quite, is quite interesting and, and sort of our, our story. And I thought that would be an interesting thing to, to touch on. I would love to hear from your perspective, really, how, how it all began. Like, how, how did this whole adventure into cyber security start? It's, it's a hard one to, to talk about because there are many different things that happened along, along the way. We can go all the way back to my interest in law enforcement, where I was a member of the RGP for a number of years. So the, I have I do have a keen interest in, in crime and detection of crime and friendship. So there, I have that, that thing inside of me. Mm-hmm. And then I became a teacher, physics teacher, uh, surrounded by, be honest, with some, some great, great minds who needed to be stretched. And But I couldn't put my finger on how to stretch and what to give to, give to them. And it was just, again, it was it was... An issue, but one I didn't have many solutions for. I just, just parked it to one side until one day we got an email from Cyber Challenge saying that there was a new competition going, Cyber Centurion, about cybersecurity and invited us to, to put a team in. I decided to engage with the media, with the Chronicle. I engaged with GBC. I engaged with other, other companies. We got, we ended up with, with full page spreads in the, in the newspaper. We got, we got, television time we got ministers involved that's something that i wanted to touch on exactly how you managed to gather and sort of 
rally all of this support for this initiative pretty much on on your own right was it just a question of uh, reaching out to many people and saying hey we're doing this thing um and you know i guess was the support readily available or did you really have to sort of turn it out like did you come across resistance in some places some the thing i think it was the unknown Mm It was a no, this is something that goes against anything that's been done in Georgia before. Not I've never seen something like, like this before. That that Georgia students were participating in this, this cybersecurity national competition and were doing very well. I think not even I recognized the amount of why this was happening. It wasn't happening to entertain children. It was happening because it was it was it was a recruitment campaign en masse. Not from Gibraltar. But in the UK and America, everyone who, who, who rallies around the different cyber, cyber uh, centurion uh, games, you know, in Canada, in the US, whatever, it's, um, it's to instill, to get them the skills, get these kids the skills, and then find them in point because there is a skills gap. Also as well, the fact that we did so well so, so soon, and the way that we actually spun it, or well, the grand finalists we got to Bletchley Park, mm-hmm. the, for the history of it, suddenly it becomes like, oh, wow. You know, this, the, these guys are doing something which is absolutely amazing. We, we need to watch this. Yeah. Also helped as well was obviously winning as well. The fact when we won the second round outright, that was a major, major coup because it was in Bletchley Park. It was against all types of different schools. It was against all of these UK schools where we competed. And at that time, I think it was up to, against 500 schools that, that year in the run-up to the, to the grand finals. So to go and win it and put it in Alphabandra School, Gibraltar, Gibraltar has won it outright. It's a major deal. Mm. And I made sure that everyone found that it was a major deal. We, we, got, we got some, some, some great prime time on that one. Then in that sense, from there, we started to get interest from more into the private sector. Success will breed success. And I knew that. I knew that we had to put the success out there because by everyone, everyone, everyone likes to back the winning horse. As a matter of fact. Everyone starts, loves the underdog, which we also do very well as well. We did the underdogs. Again, Gibraltar is the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate underdog. Population of 30,000 people against thousands of schools from a country with a population of, of millions. And Gibraltar wins. We're the underdog. And we won. And then from winning, I made sure everyone backed. What was the winning horse? So again, the success was, 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 was amazing. Now, from that success, we also acquired a lot more people to, to join. We went from seven seven kids that I had plucked up in physics class to over 40 kids attending on a weekly basis after school. Amazing. We got loads of sudden everyone wanted to get involved. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just the kids wanted to go. Their parents were telling them, you trust that you should really be getting involved in this, which is what we were looking for. You want the encouragement, and, and especially yeah. really like, like Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. We, pay a lot, we do a lot what our parents say. You know, we, we take the advice very seriously. So again, if your parents were to say, don't get involved in this and the other, no, be a lawyer or be an accountant. Right. It's, 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 it's the safe job to do. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that. But that's, that's, what, I, that's what I mentioned. Um, that's why I think what, what you're doing is so interesting because it's showing people, hang on, there's another path here. Um, and that's sort of changing people's mindsets and perspectives around that is so important. I know um, there's this uh, pervading belief that, um, you know, Com- computers can you really get a, a job you know at least so some of the older generations they tend to think that a little bit and also, so they don't, yeah, they don't also recognize 
how many pathways there are computers. They just think, yeah. especially old school, no, you know, about using computer for Word or for internet or something like that. They want to see the bigger picture. You know, we've got we've got here locally, we've got a company who's going to start the, the new smart city, which is an, an app that will be logging and will keep you up to date on where parkings are, where traffic is, pollution levels, and other different things which they can set up within the, within the smart city uh, model. Wow. These are new technologies coming out that will require people to take jobs in them. Mm-hmm. But you would never have imagined that this exists yeah. for our work. They're coming forward. Look, look, Stuart, look, we're doing this. Look, we'd love to take some kids on to see our cell infrastructure. We'd like to take some other kids on to see how we're gonna how we're gonna keep the, the whole app and the whole smart city thing working. And look, we're gonna end up the be honest with you, we're gonna be looking at, at new jobs coming up the next year or two when all this is set up. So so that type of engagement is, is key. It's crucial. And I think it's really interesting as well, the focus that you have on being able to surface opportunities that aren't really on the well-worn path, you know? And that kind of brings me to another really interesting venture of yours, which I was hoping we could talk about. And that is on the topic of really highlighting these alternative um, opportunities and, and career paths. And why, um, why you decided that really in Gibraltar, we need to go the next step and set up a foundation for this kind of thing. Education-wise, there is a curriculum that has to be followed. Full stop. Mm-hmm. You know, if a curriculum is not followed in school, then it doesn't, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. GC exams, they need to be told you teach the course content, you know, there's set things and these, these things are there so the school can function. It's fantastic. Now, uh, there will be many times where what the curriculum is offering and what is wanted outside of school are two very different things. And you can't blame the school, you can't blame the education system for that. It's very difficult to tailor a curriculum, which is for millions, to suit certain companies. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You talk to the companies. What do you need? What are you looking for? How can you help me? Right, if you're looking for, for a certain skill set, okay, fine. I'll help you, I'll help you get those skills. But you're going to help me as well. You're going to help develop this. This, thing. this is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So again, once you highlight what they really need, and then you have all these children who are willing to come to after-school lessons because they want to learn other stuff out of after-school stuff, which is relevant to them in the long term, stuff like that. Well, you have almost like a new way of schooling. So the foundation allowed us to do that. You can't have this one champion person. Yeah, of course you've got the guy, the someone looks to somebody, but <laughs> you need the team. Yeah, absolutely. There's a quote that comes to mind, um, which I heard, and I can't remember the, the exact author, but they said, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah, and so, so important. It's so important. But again, if, if one person really believes they're next to it and everything, they're very mistaken. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is humble enough to recognize the fact that I know so much, however, if I work with another five people and we all come together, then we become unstoppable. And mm-hmm. that is that is the way to look at most most things. Again, there is no there is no one person champion ever. And for me, success is not winning. Success is seeing what comes at the other end. You know, what where do where do these learners go when they've gone through the process? And when you see them getting jobs like, like yourself and others who are getting some very good jobs, 
That is, that is success. I don't care if you win or lose a competition. I wanted the right exposure. Somebody says, those kids are doing cybersecurity. I need free security experts, right? I'm going to approach all those children. Again, they're not winners. Again, what, what, what is winning? Yeah. No, they've got an interest. They have a certain, certain skill set. I'll take them on. I'll develop them. They'll become one of the best in, in my company. That is success. And there's nothing more special than getting children or getting learners who want to learn. It's, it's, it's an unstoppable feeling. It is a magnificent environment to work in where you have people who are willing to teach. We have a group of 20, 25 children who are willing to learn the at the same time. Mm. It is, it is magic. And you can see it, and you can see that you look at Gibraltar, it's very small, and we're developing. We've, out of the, the, the six times we've got there, five times, five out of six times. No other school has done five out of six times. No consistency like that. And we're so small, there's only 30,000 people on the whole of, of, our, of, our, of our rock. School population of about 2,000 in comprehensive schools. But yet we seem to get it every single year. The recipe is not what we're lucky. Recipe is that we have a good system going here. We don't actually win. Of course we don't win. There's, there are some schools in UK that are just on, on, on our level. But that's okay. It's a population of millions. Of course there are six superstars who are, are beyond anything that we, we can imagine. Hmm. But that's out of a few million. I'm talking about 10 to 15 consistent children of a population of 30,000 every single year. Mm-hmm. The recipe for that is very different. That is not special. That is not luck. With these kids, every year, they're different, different children. These are not the same ones over and over again. Every year, we take different children across the UK to these finals because the recipe is there. We have a good team. We've got the expertise from the private sector. We've got the info. We've got the, the backings from all sorts of different entities. And, and that's, that's what, what works. That's what the success is, you know? And then, yeah. They, then they want, to, they want to read computer science, they want to read micro qualifications, they want to get a job, excellence, they want to get an internship or do some sort of apprenticeship for, for IBM. They want to leave school at 18, they want to go and, and work for some tech company because they want to become a computer technician. It's all great. Those are jobs for lives. Those kids mm-hmm. have, got, they have, they have a future. Future doesn't mean Lamborghinis and a, and a five-story house. So, again, being happy in life has many, has many different, different, different versions. As long as each of those, per- those people get to their happy place and a version of their life, like, I mean, I, I love my life right now. Well, that's what we're looking for, you know? You can't, not everyone can be a superstar because that's just not going to work. And it's unsustainable. It's, it's, not, it's not the ethos that anybody wants to have. We don't want to promote. We don't want... You don't want to create this like isolation. You're going to be the best, or you're not. No, no. It's about the team. It's about where you where you, where you get together. Mm-hmm. Where you get out of it, you know. And people we, we want different things. Yeah. That's fine. We just offer it to them. We open the doors. The doors are open. The problem in the past was those doors were never open. Nobody opened those doors because nobody was knocking on the doors. So what we're doing now is again, again, and of no fault of anybody. The private sector and these companies are willing to help out. And these children and their parents are, are looking for what is the best future for, for my kid. The only thing is that no one actually put the, these two things together. No one, no one bridged the gap between education and, and, and the private sector where the, where the, where the jobs are. So what we're doing, we're just making, we're just a bridge. 
and the bridge is opening doors and and we are, we're, we're, we're flourishing. We're really, really happy about that. That is amazing. Such an inspiring, inspiring story. And um, it's such a testament to how uh, these kind of initiatives are helping to, to really foster bright futures in, in other people. And something I'm, I'm, I'm wondering is, what advice would you have for other people, maybe in, in similar positions, whether they are mentors, coaches, teachers, parents, what advice would you have for helping do just that, to help foster bright, bright futures in other people? The first bit of advice would be is to listen. There's one thing I've noticed as well is what you think is a good idea, what you think is the best option for somebody. They're not interested in it, they're not listen to you. They're not take advice on board. And that becomes demoralizing. So ask them, what do you want to do? You're talented, you're clearly, you clearly have a lot of energy, you, you, you're, you've got a good brain on you. What do you want to do? And then be, be personal. This is one of the things when we got all the girls involved, we got the all girls team, we were very personal with them. We had a separate teaching room for them. We, we, really, we really pushed the whole, the whole gender gap thing. We made it very personal, we made them feel very special. And I think they jumped on tonight. We got them, we got them front page on a Chronicle. We, mm-hmm. we, we got them Rich Castle um, to glow, glow in pink for World, World, World Women's Day in recognition of their achievements in the, in the UK, UK finals. Amazing. Um, I even got them as well. We, I managed to um, get them into the first class uh, lounge in the, in the airport. Wow. They must have really like that. Yeah. Little things. But I mean, they're very special about it. So once they feel special, you feel like it's like, it's a very unique experience. And you're just giving somebody time. I think we all want to give us some time. We want somebody to give us some sort of attention. So do that. Listen to them. See how can you help them? What can you do? If it's not a big thing, what, it, what, what can you do to make them feel special? Once they feel special, once you want them over, you're at the conference and you, you're talking to them, well then, then you can really give them help, which, 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 whatever, whatever they're looking for. That's how you can inspire them. You're going to make them feel special. That's amazing. Wow. I'm curious, Stuart, what is, um, what is your, your vision? Do you have a vision of, of where you want to take this, um, this project or, or this journey, say, um, 10 years down the line? What is it that you would like to see in, in Gibraltar? Right. I, have, I, have a, I do have a, an idea in my head. Um, okay, little, 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 it's a little bit cliche. I'm called the Matrix. <laughs> so very, very, very cliche. But basically, I would love to see a something to exist where we where we can marry everybody's skills and potentials to the right qualifications, which which they can do, to the right jobs, which which are gone. Hmm. So I just want to put all all it together. So what I'm so for instance, I'm looking for. I know, I've been told that people who have got maths and physics degrees are very good in cybersecurity. Right, so I need, I, need, I need a space and something where I know all the skill qualifications that everybody has got, right? Can we, can we match the raw skill to the right job? At the end of the day, nowadays, getting a specific degree for a specific job doesn't really work anymore. The way the world is going so fast, so so fast paced, and looking for is do they have the right brain? Someone explain to me, do they have the right sponge? The right sponge to absorb the knowledge which whichever company is willing to give them. So 
the way you're going to acknowledge how good the brain is, we have to look at, at, at to a point of what academics have got. What skills do they have? Where, where have they been? What, what can they do? So if you have this database where you can identify the raw skills and then, then match those raw skills to the right jobs that you're going or the right training that is going or somewhere in between, imagine what, what, you, what, what you, you can think. You have a very personalized, um, very, very powerful way of, of getting people the right training, the right skills, getting, getting the, right, the right jobs. So that would be something for me again. It's a, it's a big thing for me. I think getting, yes, the enjoyment is fantastic and getting engaged again, I love that. But at the end of the day, I, I am I'm a parent, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher as well, I'm an educator, and I can see at the end of the day, what matters the most is, is, is a job. If your future matters, you know, no matter how you get in a job, you have to pay your mortgage, you have to pay your bills, you have to put food on the table, you start your own family. This requires it requires a, a career. It's a it's the fundamental, you know. So again, we look at that again. There's nothing better than having a job which you actually love. And the problem is, some people know what they're going to do from the beginning and they love it. Some people just need to know where to go. I've had about five jobs in my life. I was I worked in the in the police force, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm now a teacher. I've worked in in online online betting companies. I worked in offices. I was in different places. I didn't. I never thought I was going to become a school teacher. Because mm. circumstances, I didn't think that. But again, this is a job I have. I love my job right now. It took me a while to get there, but I finally got where I wanted to go. So again, and once you're fulfilled with your job, well, then imagine what you can do. But again, so what we're looking for is well, is getting people getting the right careers. The worst thing you can do in life is not not love your job, because that's what you can do for the majority of your life. It is the fundamental. You're gonna work. You're gonna work every day. You're gonna work five days a week. You're gonna work whatever hours you're working. You'll get some annual leave, but you're gonna be working from the age of 21, 22, to the age of about 65, 67, whatever age of your time. That's what you're gonna be doing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that is a fact. So the, the best you can do is find a job which you actually love and do it for until you reach the age of retirement. You can't run away from that. So I think that's what we're, that, that for me is, is a big thing. Everyone can be happy like me in their job. You, you, you create a magnificent environment. Cause you love it, you do anything for it. It doesn't feel like work. It's effortless. It doesn't feel like work. I mean, actually like what I do inside, it's effortless. I, it doesn't even feel like work. It's not work cause work is something you don't want. I want to do it. So it's effortless. It's do what you want. Do. We do this, we do that. These projects, this, thing, these ideas. It's effortless. You just, you just do it because you want to do it. And there's no better feeling than doing something because you want to do it. Not because you're being forced to, because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then your mind just goes in marvelous places. Of course it does. You're doing, every, every idea is cool. Every idea is something you want to do. You can't lose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's, that's amazing. I think, People deserve to to be able to find something that truly drives them and truly inspires them because that's how we're gonna do our, our best work. Um, and so and so yeah, it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation, Stuart. Um, and I want to thank you so much for being my first guest on the podcast. I couldn't have thought of a better way to kick this off. Um, but before we go, just on the topic of of finding 
um, finding that passion. What advice would you give to a younger version of yourself in your 20s? I may be asking for a friend here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard one. I think in your 20s, open mind. Mm. Open mind. Accept. Accepting that in your 20s that things are going to change. You can make the change. You don't need to be scared of the change. Age is just a number. I think sometimes when we're growing up, suddenly, you know, the certain milestones in life, you get married by 30, children by, by your late 20s. You need to have this, you have, you have to have your career by, by 23 because you want to get, get your full pension. So many years time, you're going to start young. If not, you'll never reach retirement age with a full pension. That's all rubbish. And you got to accept that the 20s is a time where you have the right tools, the right maturity, the right energy, the right freedom to be able to chop and change as you, as, as, uh, as you see fit. I think during your 20s, I may have been a little bit hesitant at some times to make changes because I was only 20 whatever years I was and you now I want to get a mortgage or buy a house. And, mm. and you're very hesitant about doing a change or doing something a little bit spontaneous because you're very worried about what effect will this have for the rest of my life. And then you think about it, thinking it's fine to chop and change, it's fine to, to do something different. What's the worst that can happen? And the fact is, whatever you think is what's going to happen, barely is what's going to happen. And sometimes you find yourself entirely. So I changed, I changed career at 20, 26 years old. 26 years old, I changed, I was a dear father to, to one. And I made, made, I made my creation at 26 years old because I just, I wasn't, just wanted something different to do as a, as a career. I, I wouldn't, it took time. There was a lot of pushing to say, I'm going to go and do this. It wasn't something that I, I thought overnight and just went and did it again. But everything, maturity, uh, proper thought process before you do anything, think about it properly, of course. Mm -hmm. But I should have been so hesitant in doing it because I knew that what I was doing at that point in time wasn't the best for me and that a change was needed. And it was okay to make a change. And whatever happened, that change will have a positive effect on my life. There's no need to be so worried about that at such such a range. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Some great, some great advice. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for 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 coming along and having this conversation with me, Stuart. Um, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, I'm just wondering. Where can people learn more about these efforts that you're that you're engaged with? How can people find you? Is there anything you'd like to plug? No, well, we've got obviously a Twitter account, we've got a Facebook page. We really we're working on the website. We're working on the website. So I think I think the Discord Foundation should have its own website and we are working <laughs> working on, on that one. But we do we've got we've got Twitter, New Gibraltar Digital Schools Foundation. We can be found on Facebook as well and under under the same the same name and we plug and put photographs up on there as again. I can be contacted directly, which normally normally happens again through through school, through my through my Twitter, through my Facebook, and I'm always open to anyone who wants to contribute, anyone who wants to help out, anyone who wants to give something back. Awesome. Well, there you have it. If any of you have an interesting idea or opportunity to collaborate with uh, Stuart or the Gibraltar Digital Skills Foundation reach out. They've got Twitter. Um, I think it's Gibraltar Digital Skills Foundation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Um, so do reach out. They're more than open to hear ideas and collaborate. And in fact, it's, it's what they, it's what they need. They need, um, connections from industry. And that's, that's really what drives this, this entire effort. And if you have any other ideas for topics you'd like to discuss, or you'd like to come on the show and have an interesting conversation with myself, then do reach out. Um, we are on Twitter at In Your Element Podcast, and you can also find me on the interwebs if you search my name, Aaron Bao, and I'd be more than happy to, to hear you out and have a chat. So once again, thanks for watching, and I hope that you have an awesome rest of your day.